The world didn't need another hockey podcast. It needed a better one. Bear witness to the two-man forecheck. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, Mike. Round one is in the books. Round two is here. Uh, We have some pretty interesting uh, uh, topics to discuss today that some of them I wasn't expecting and some of them I think are completely overblown. Um, Where do you want to start today? Uh, Oh, let's see. Let's start with the... uh, I don't even know where to start because there's so many different directions to go. We could start with... uh, Slight goaltending controversy. Uh, slight, uh, yes. I I love that story. I love that story. I love that story. Now, anyone who's listened to the show for oh I don't know four weeks at all, much less the entire run, um, probably has figured out that I I like direct and uh unambiguous communication. Well, then I guess you like Alan Walsh. I I said the communication, whether I actually like him or not is a completely separate thing. Okay. Well, the fact that he was not exactly subtle, his picture is exactly as subtle as the real life action would be. (laughs) He's not exactly subtle in his message, uh, would be the mean that he's being direct and you respect direct. I get that. I like direct. I didn't see this until just now when I had no idea. Uh, I can see where Mark Andre Fleury would feel this way. If if he does, yes. Well, as it says in the article from the Hockey News, uh, hours later, the picture still wasn't taken down. The picture that we're talking about is at the aforementioned Marc-Andre Fleury making a save, but he's got this protrusion coming out of his back. A a protrusion being, in this case, a sword that certainly deserves the long sword and possibly even great sword or claymore description. Uh, It seems to be embossed with a name. Hmm. Um, What name could that be? Uh... Something about a bear, Boer, oh, DeBoer. He's stabbed in the back with a diamond sword? Uh, Does he have anything to do with diamonds? Isn't their head coach named DeBoer? Oh. It used to be Gallant, but they changed it somewhere in, like, January, I think it was. It used to be Gerard Gallant, who, by the way, won Coach of the Year, took them to... A Stanley Cup final in their inaugural season. Um, and then they changed him out for Peter DeBoer, uh, formerly of San Jose. Yep. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but San Jose has won absolutely nothing in the last, I don't know, half decade or more. Um, they've only been to the Stanley Cup once in their entire existence. Or Was DeBoer is, is no. coached? Okay, just okay. So they replaced him with a coach who had won nothing or nothing recently. Uh, And then they bring in a goaltender who we both like. Love Robin Leonard. uh, Advocated for him. Can't believe the way he was uh, 
um, abused, I guess is the best word I can think of, uh, in Buffalo. Uh, the fact that the Islanders just let him walk away at the end of the season. Uh, he goes to Chicago, gets traded to the Golden Knights. There's a chance for him to win. Don't forget uh, to stop in the Islanders. The Well, the Islanders was before Chicago. He was only there yes. for a year. Um, the fact that they let him walk away was what, you know, and, and he goes to Chicago. Chicago, I don't know, it, from reading comments that Leonard made getting, he was promised or was made certain um, opportunities that he was going to get to play, be number one, but apparently that never, he would get a few starts in a row, but then they would go back to Crawford. He wasn't happy, gets traded to Vegas. Here's his chance to win a cup. Uh, when he was traded there, I thought it was interesting because how do you have these two number ones, both competitive, both really good. The You can't deny the fact that whether you like him or not, Flurry has won Stanley Cups in the past. No, I'm you not can't. A, I'm not a huge Flurry fan, but in his later career, he seems to have shaken the whole dainty flower thing. He doesn't, after that first goal, he doesn't suddenly let in five more. He seemed to get that under control. But this is the guy that you drafted in the expansion franchise. He was your, he was the guy you wanted, the pick you wanted. The You knew he was going to be he there. He was the first face of the franchise, period. And DeBoer comes in and has decided to go with Leonard. Can't argue with it. The talent is there, clearly. I mean, you're going to – unfortunately, he's in a bad situation too because he's going to piss somebody off, unfortunately. But apparently they feel that uh, Mark has been stabbed in the back by Peter DeBoer, and it is the head coach that makes the decision on who's in net. Nightly. And it is a head coach's decision to make or should be. Uh, so, there are cases where, you know, one goalie is making a great deal more money than the other, but doesn't necessarily play up to their salary or even close to it. Um, I mean, I can think of certain other goaltenders who have had a stretch or two every single year of their career where uh, or where the other goaltender has outplayed them. So that's it. We don't know what Flurry thinks. Well, my thing is, in in this case, Flurry is still being the ultimate teammate. He's sitting on the bench. He's ready to go. He came out in Game Three. He won Game Three. Is he now destined to be dealt somewhere else? Entirely possible. Um, can you, you? I don't think you can survive with both. I mean, I didn't think I didn't think Chicago would survive. I felt that Crawford was going to be dealt and they would hang on to Leonard. It was a shock to me when they turned around and dealt Leonard. See, I I thought Crawford was going to retire because he's had those concussion issues and he seemed to be playing better as of late. I didn't say great. I didn't say good. I said better. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I completely get why one would keep him, I guess. I'm just not sure why one would keep him over a younger goaltender who's played better, despite Crawford having one more. Well, here's more fodder for the more fodder for the gun. 
uh, or, or for the shooting. Um, Mark Andre Fleury is six years older than Leonard. Correct. Has another two years left on his contract at seven million per. Yep. Robin Leonard is a UFA as when these playoffs end. Yep. Uh, and even if you were, even if they were to re-sign him, he's only making one point four million this year. Or that's their portion of the contract, whatever it may be. But you're still going to get him for six years younger. Even if you give him the seven million, you give him Flurry. I, I, I just, I get this is I. The road signs are not good. They all seem to say exit. And there's a number of interesting places he could land, uh, especially given some of the other uh, goalie injuries and situations um, in in the league. Uh, I mean, does he go back to Pittsburgh for one last hurrah and retire? I mean, I retiring a Pittsburgh Penguin might might be something that's on his list of things to do. That said, winning a cup somewhere other than Pittsburgh might also be a thing he'd like to do. Um, we know that still, I think he still goes Hall of Fame, even if he doesn't win another one somewhere else. Oh, no, uh, that's I don't think that's a question, even though he had a terrible save percentage in his first cup win. Terrible. Mm-hmm. He did. Um, yeah. But three three cup wins. You really can't. <laughs> How do you keep him out is my question. And he had a good save percentage in a couple of those. And when you consider how terrible the defense has been, had been in front of him his entire career in Pittsburgh, I don't. Okay, if if the Hall of Fame ballot is in the year that he retires, Joe Thornton or the year that he becomes eligible, Joe Thornton, Patrice Bergeron. um, uh, Let's see. And uh, say Jonathan Taze and Patrick Marlowe. I will vote for him ahead of Marlowe. I might vote for him ahead of Thornton, but I'm not sure I could bring myself. And this might just be the fan speaking, uh, because when you add the individual awards in, you know, Bergeron and Taze and a couple of others, I, I would have to vote for against. Am I saying he's a sure thing first ballot Hall of Famer? No, I don't think he is. I think that a lot of people will say that, yes, he was carried to those championships by Crosby and Malkin and for some reason, Latang. Not for um, anything. I'm 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 I think the other way I, I because there's no defense. I mean, I, if you don't have a solid defense in front, then your backstop is the goaltender. And uh, 13 years in Pittsburgh. Yeah, uh, his save percentage in the playoffs in Pittsburgh is a 2.65. Uh, the goals against, excuse me, his save percentage was only a 9.08. It not strong, but I'm sorry, unless they just completely outscored them all the time, he had to have been involved somehow. Oh, I mean he. His Stanley Cup year, year, his first Stanley Cup year, year, right? He had a 9.08 save percentage. His second one, that was, ooh, that was the one where I would have to say Matt Murray did most of the starting. 
because Flurry only played in two games. I, that was another that was another year where he was injured a couple of times. I mean, his final Stanley Cup year was a nine twenty four save percentage, two point five six. Really, really good. So especially given that team. His first year in Vegas, they go to the final. He had a 927 save percentage. I think the goals against was what was crazy. He was unreal in his first year in in Vegas. Unreal. Completely unrecognizable from the guy that we saw in the league in the first five or six years. Yeah, he was certainly reinvigorated when he, when he went to Vegas. I... His career is not over. Like I said, got two more years on his contract. I don't think he thinks his career is over. No. Um, and but I mentioned some of the. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say some of the other options other than Pittsburgh, though, are, well, at least the ones suggested in this, in this uh, hockey news article are are interesting. Yep. Uh, hopefully, he's not going to go to one, and uh, he'd almost be back to square one in the other one, and and. By those two teams, I mean Edmonton. Hope he doesn't go there. <laughs> and Ottawa. Better situation, but uh, yeah, he'd kind of be back to square one. I I can't see. I don't know that um, Edmonton could find <clears throat> the money to pay him at a reasonable, even mid goalie salary of you know four to five million. Um, much. They're certainly not going to find money to pay him. Twenty-five percent uh, of your salary is wrapped up in two players. Yes. So I think that that's just a non-starter. And I think Edmonton is actually, despite the fact that that's where he started, um, that might not be a terrible, might not be a terrible choice. Um, I'll throw out two other cities, uh, maybe three, uh, three other cities, real quick that are in need and we could probably extend the list a little bit further. In fact, now that I'm thinking of it, we'll go with four cities. Three of them or a couple of them are out this way, but I'm going to bet none of them is Boston though. No, actually Boston is one of them really? because we don't know. We do not know if Tuka Rask intends to play hockey again. Tuka, we, I know we've talked about ad nauseum and, but just the comments he's made recently. And I, 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 as we said, family comes first. And some of the things I've read since then, uh, the white, uh, the girlfriend apparently called him in the bubble and he just dropped everything and said, I'm coming back. Whatever it may be, family does come first. Could have handled it differently, but it's the comments prior to that situation. It's just the, I'm, you know, I might not come back after this next because this next year is his last year of his contract. And that's yep. why they extended Halak for another year so they could keep the tandem together for a last go round. Now, one of the other reasons that I think it might be possible for him to land here, I don't necessarily think it's a top five choice. Um, do you know who Halak's agent is? Um... The same as Tuca. It's Alan Walsh. It is Alan Walsh. Okay. Yes. They all have the same agent? Wow. Um, 
him and Halak, I know, have had the same agent, and I believe David Perron uh, has also also has the same agent. I know he did at one point. Um, I don't, don't know Perron. that. Don't want Perron coming in though. N- I. <laughs> there are very few players in the league that I actually dislike at this point. He's one of them. <laughs> okay. Didn't want to. But, di- didn't want to sidetrack. But go ahead. <laughs> Oscar get sidetracked? Never happen. Not at all. <laughs> um, we know that Henrik Lundqvist is essentially at the end of his career. I don't know that given the health and youth of the two heirs probable, uh, that it wouldn't be a bad idea to bring in a veteran. I'm not sure Flurry is the right veteran, but the Rangers always seem to be in win now mode versus build build right mode. And it would be tough to argue with having him. I think the I think the resume, especially the latter part of the resume, gives him a little bit of cachet and it's hard to turn around and say, no, you know what, not gonna do it. So I could see the Rangers. It's funny because my opinion of the Rangers is that they're never in rebuilding. They always seem to be trying to do both at the same time. Rebuilding and win now mode, but they seem to be trying to do them consecutively instead of or yeah. concurrently instead of consecutively. Yes, uh, I, and, and I don't think that's going to ever work. You're going to have to take a step back. You know, teams do have teams do have to reci- uh, not recycle, but just kind of rebuild, reload. You can't do both at the same time. You're going to hurt yourself one way or the other. You're either never going to rebuild or you're never going to win now. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, bringing in because I don't know, I think in my opinion of Lundqvist is that I think he's, he's what, 38 now? Yeah. He's got to be one of the two or three oldest goaltenders in the league. I think that if he wants to retire, he wants to retire as a, as a, as a Ranger, he never played anywhere else. Yep. All those years, uh, single team. The only downfall is that he's never won anything. No, uh, and I I feel bad for him, uh, but I think part of it is he did do it to himself. He played way too many games to stay healthy and maximize uh, maximize his health and edge heading into the playoffs, and it's something he did his whole career. Like, I remember probably six or seven years ago now, they're showing footage of Henrik Lundqvist walking into the rink uh, before a playoff game, and he's clearly limping. Clearly. Like, <laughs> not, not is there something wrong with his shoe, or, but clearly favoring one leg. Well, gee, let's, and, let's, let's look real quick. Uh, 68, 62, 63, 65, 63... He's got oh, wait. seasons north of 72, there, 73 there are games. Four years in, there are four years in a row. Granted, it's his first four years. No, his second through fifth. Yep. 
70, 72, 70, 73. 70. Then in year six, he's down to 68. Year seven, he gets a break. He only plays in 62 games. <laughs> See, 62 games, I think that's about the high end of what most goaltenders' bodies can endure. Yeah, that's fine, but he didn't hit there until year seven. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then First the six years, he abused games, the man. <laughs> the 43-game season, that was in a that was the lockout-shortened year. Of which so, they played, what, 48? Yes, Okay. You, yes, his numbers are really, really solid. Uh, but you but cannot tell me. Game. You cannot tell me he would not have been better. I know what his save percentage was that that spring. You cannot tell me he wouldn't have been slightly better if he had played 35 of those games instead of 48. Because the schedule was compressed. Yeah. You still need rest. You need to re-oxygenate. You need to rehydrate. You'd need to turn your brain off for a little while. Yeah, they didn't start the season until after the first of the year, and then they still ended the season at the regular ending time for the season. Yeah, so, as, so there was about a 15, 20% higher density uh, to those 48 games after a very long time off with no guarantee, no certainty that they were going to make it back. And... Sounds a little bit like what's happening now, but that's a segue for another time. And, you know, even even two two seasons ago, 63 games. (laughs) He's 35 years old. Dude, exhale. (laughs) And in some ways you have to blame the coaches and general managers. no, it's a, it's a, no. This is all the GM's fault, unfortunately, because the GM just never bothered to get a decent. That, I guess that no, partially they did that's have, not true. They did Auntie have some Ronda, decent backups in those years. But they traded Auntie Ronda. They had Cam Talbot. They traded Cam Talbot. Yes. Um. Oh God. Uh, Martin. Uh, what was his name? Who? They had a backup goaltender probably eight or nine years ago. Martin something, Mar- something Martin. Why don't I remember who it? But they oh, it wasn't Brodeur. It was another. No, Brodeur was always with the Devils. No, they had Cam Talbot. I don't know how many years ago it was. They had Cam Talbot and they traded him. And then they had Auntie Ranta. Those are the last two big names. And then they traded Ronta. They they've had you're right. They've had solid backups, and then turn around dealt them away because obviously they're good enough to be starters somewhere else. Yes. I mean, you can't fault the GM for doing that, but at the same point in time, like the Bruins now, for an example, the Bruins right now have three or four, three decent, or at least two decent goaltenders in the system. Yes. You got Vladar, you got Swayman. Not sure about Kyle Kaiser because you haven't seen enough of him. Uh, but you've got, you're running a couple deep. They never seem to be running more than one deep, and then they took that one and cashed him in for other players because not only are we in build now mode, but we're in win now mode, so we got to do both. 
And in the meantime, Halunquist Hel- just kept going and going and going. <laughs> I, it, the question is, is he even a Hall of Famer? He's only won one Vesna. He's only been an all-star twice. I think with the number of wins he had in his career and the ice time he's going to make it in, I don't know that it's actually going to be the first ballot. I mean, his career numbers, non-playoff, 2.43 goals against and a 918 save percentage. Uh, Yeah, I don't think he's, I don't, he's definitely not, um, First, I don't. I don't think he's first ballot. I shouldn't say definitely, but I don't think he's first ballot. If he is, he's going to squeak by on whatever percentage they require to get it's going, voted in. It's going to be a weak class. <laughs> I mean, you look at his. You look at his career playoff numbers: two point three goals against, nine twenty one save percentage. Nine twenty one save percentage might be the deciding factor because. Let's make, oh Martin Biron, that's the guy they had as a backup for a couple of years. Martin Biron, he was another one that they either dealt or acquired. They either, they dealt him away, or maybe he just signed and went somewhere else. I thought he was with like the Capitals or the Flyers as well. Oh, he moved around. He yeah. started in Buffalo, went to Philly, went to the he Islanders, was- then went to the Rangers his last uh, five years. But I mean the. The most starts he had for the Rangers was 21 in his second season. He's got 887 games played, Lundquist. Yeah. 459 wins. Yep. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It, it, it's close for him. But so, yeah, I could see Fleury going there if he's just holding a spot for either Shesterkin or Georgiev or whoever else they want to yes. vault to the top. I could see that. Any place at New York, Boston, is Ottawa really a possibility or is that just like a pipe dream? I think Ottawa, I think Ottawa wouldn't necessarily be terrible, um, but I also don't know that given what we've seen of the situation up there as far as ownership that one <laughs> they want that they, I don't know, have the good sense to go out and grab a high name goaltender to take. Well, Some I of get, the pressure off of the young guys. And two, well, he, they got Hog, they got Hog, whatever his name is, Hogwarts or Hogberg, uh, that they've been playing behind Anderson in Ottawa. I and think I they, mean, if you're looking at long term, yes, Fleury is a better goaltender than Anderson. But Anderson, not young. Anderson is just Anderson is not young. The thing with Anderson, and we've said it so many times. Best bad, best bad team goaltender in the league. It, it, he knows it, 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 it would almost seem shameful to not have him because he knows what what's going to happen. He seems to know what to expect. He knows what's in front of him. It's like, how do you that that institutional memory? How do how do you combat that? Because he does. He's. He almost knows that every night he's going to get peppered with rubber and he's going to have to make 42 saves and, and possibly steal the game. And 
it's good for the team in a way. It's not necessarily good for poor Craig Anderson, but it's good for the team in a way because it allows them to work that rebuild in front of him. And they have a lot of young defensemen. I mean, you look at, you got Christian Willannon, whether he's going to be there or not. You got Thomas Shabbat, one of the best young D-men. Absolutely. Uh, you got Zaitsev up there. The, Mike Riley is one of those guys I'm not too sure about good offensively. But uh, goaltending-wise, we've got Craig Anderson is 39 years old now. I didn't realize he was that old. I mean, I know he's been actually, in the system, in the in the league forever, but... Actually, since Ottawa's not playing anymore, he'll be a free agent whenever the playoffs are done or whatever. Uh, Hogberg is 25 years old, still on an entry level for another year. And non-roster goalies, there's nothing there that excites me. So, yeah, Ottawa is a strong possibility. Um, one of the other teams that I that was on my short list is the New Jersey Devils. I think they, they're going to... If they want to not suck for at least the next two years and you can sugarcoat it however you want. Um, that's not my bag. If they want to not suck for a while, they need a goaltender. And Marc-Andre Fleury is still going to be familiar with some of the best players in the Eastern conference. He's going to give you an edge over anything or anyone I've heard of in the in the Devils system, and it will give it will give the young players on that team right now a couple of years where they know they're at least competitive and can can expect at worst with their own re- with reasonable efforts of their own to be somewhere in the middle of the pack. But they have a veteran goaltender. This guy named Corey Schneider. Look, Corey Schneider looked <laughs> really, 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 really good until Elaine Vigneault got into his and uh, the other goaltender's head up in Bobby Vancouver. Lou? Yes. Since that, then? No. Uh, has, Schneider, has 2010-11. Has he had two good seasons since he left Vancouver? I don't believe so. Oh, since leaving Vancouver. Uh, uh, okay, yes, his first two did. seasons were good. Since then, no. He had three decent seasons in a row. 13, two, 13, 14 through 15, 16 were good seasons for him. And he played a lot of games, 45, 69, 58. 2016-17, was, it, it almost Close looks like clip. he fell off a shelf. Because he goes from a 2.15 to a 2.82 goals against. Goes from a 9.24 save percentage to a 9.08. Next year after that, he only plays in 40 games, 2.93. So the goals against is going up. Save percentage goes down to 9.07. Then 9.03. This season... Just abysmal. Yeah. I mean, he... It's that... It didn't decline gently. This was a drop off a cliff. <laughs> Some of it was injuries. Some of it, I think, is purely confidence. Uh, um, in this case, though, I i mean, if they're going to bring in Flurry, 
I question it. I think that they want to go with Mackenzie Blackwood. I think they really like him in New Jersey. If you say so. Decent goaltender. I mean, you look at the look at the personnel in front of him, and he still had a nine fifteen nine eighteen save percentage, something like that. Um, two point seven. No, what was it? I'd have to look him up. He didn't. He didn't have bad numbers. They weren't great by any stretch, but I mean, yeah, two point seven seven and a nine fifteen in forty seven games played. One last city I wanted to mention, and this is based on very recent events. Yep. Colorado Avalanche. Uh, Phil Grubauer was hurt uh, in action. We don't know how badly, um, but he's not really expected to be back in the next game or two. Uh, leaving you with basically Pavel Francis um, as your number one goaltender, which is he's an interesting... Never- He's never situation. Been. We know that the last time that they had a really high-end, uh, experienced, cup-winning um, French-Canadian goaltender, that uh, things went pretty well uh, for the Colorado Avalanche. That that guy, that Roy guy. Yeah. Uh, He's pretty good, right? What was his name? Vadron? Uh, no. Um, Daniel no. something or other. Well, there's a Roy in, in Vegas, actually. So <laughs> there's Nick Wah. Patrick Wah in Colorado. Didn't he win a Stanley Cup or two while he was there? I think he did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, so that I. I can see that one. I can see more than I can actually see that one more than I can see uh, the Devils for whatever reason. I don't know why. I just I mean. I think that they want Grubauer. That's why they made the deal for him. But uh, Grubauer has never been a number one until this year. I don't know. I mean, based on the number of contracts the Avs have expiring when the playoffs are over, Joe Sackick has a lot of work to do. So throwing in a new goaltender and moving out one or both of Grubauer and Francis, uh, wouldn't necessarily surprise me. Um, uh, well, it allows you to deal, it allows you to deal one of the two of them. I mean, even if you trade even if you trade one of them back to be to be a backup behind, trade yeah. back trying to be a backup behind Leonard. I mean, goalie if for goalie you, trades don't normally happen, but say you trade uh, Flurry for uh, Grubauer. Um, is not going to be happy about going back to a backup role, though. <laughs> and? I didn't say it was the right thing to do. <laughs> I just said he's not going to be happy with it. Um, but say that's the trade for Vegas. Assuming that you manage to re-sign Leonard, you get you lower the uh, you lower the age of your goaltending tandem. You lower the cost of your goaltending tandem. And you add the additional playoff experience for the future. That that's a win-win-win right there. The fact for Colorado, the fact that your backup has in-game playoff experience, not just sitting on the bench playoff experience. Oh yeah, I don't that even would, count that would sitting be on huge. the bench variety. That would be huge. But 
you know, you got if you if you take in if you grab Mon, if you grab Marc Andre Fleury for Colorado, you've got a bunch of guys, a bunch of your best guys right in their peak years with a goaltender who's been there, done that. Rantanen is 23 today. McKinnon is 24 today. Landeskog is the old guy at 27 among your three or four best forwards. Um, even Burkowski is only 25. Um, on the back end, you've got a couple of more years out of Eric Johnson, assuming he can survive more games like the last one he played, poor man. Um, and, you know, that Cole McCarr kid might be worth something someday. Maybe yeah, he picks up know. a yeah. tip or two from a guy who's been there and done that. Yeah, I don't know. 21 years old, possible rookie of the year. Yeah, he might. He might have a future in this game and you look at it Grubauer is 28 he's under contract for another for another year yep so you don't even have to worry about sign and trade or anything like that I mean you deal him and you got him for another year or you yep. got him I mean, for there the might end up being season. a pick or two involved in this trade but a potential trade but <clears throat> I think it's really interesting to contemplate Wait, Michael Hutchinson's the backup now? Yes, he is the third goaltender, and I don't know how many teams Michael Hutchinson has been with at this point, but... I'm going to go with minimum of four, but... <laughs> I think it's closer to six. Um, he's, he's really good at opening and closing the door, though. Because uh, he was... Let's see, he was drafted by Boston? Drafted yeah, he was by drafted Boston. by Boston. He's been with Toronto. He's been with Colorado now. Uh, Florida. He was in the Panthers. He was in the Panthers on the Panthers as well. Okay, that's the four. Uh, so Boston, Winnipeg, <laughs> Winnipeg Toronto, five. <laughs> um, Florida, Colorado, and Toronto. Yeah. He, he dude's been around for someone who's only thirty. That's not usually a good sign with goaltenders. Good goaltenders tend to stay with, unless you're Robin Leonard, good goaltenders tend to stay with one team or two teams at the most. It's somewhat frightening that his best save percentage, uh, well, his second or one of his two best save percentages in the NHL came with, uh, for more than 10 games, came with Toronto uh, two years ago. Wow. With no defense in front of him. That's scary. Quite. Forced him to focus a little bit, I guess. Actually, I'm sorry. That was only five games, but still a 9-14 behind the Leafs defense in 18-19 is uh, you something. Almost, you almost have to applaud that. <laughs> but, yeah, he's been aggressively mediocre otherwise. I mean, he had a 9-14 over 38 games for the Jets in 14-15, but... That's it. Uh, he's he's been he had his backup stamp on, stamped on his head at this point. Um, okay. Now we do have some other things to talk about. Um, yeah, we do. First round. What uh, do you think? What do you feel? First, first round, I would have to. I would have to disagree with Tuka on this one. I think there was uh, a bit of, of, of playoff intensity 
Uh, we did see some fighting. We did see some physicality. We saw a few injuries. That being said, I think that the teams we got into, the teams that are going into the second round, are the teams I expected to go into the second round. But really? wow! But wow! Did I love watching Montreal? And I was pulling for them to take out Philly. See, I. Who I did not, not expect ex- the Vancouver Canucks to make it past St. Louis. Not heading into the playoffs. Once play started, I thought it was much more possible. But okay, I I can see that one. Yeah, Vegas. I, I thought St. Louis would put up, and they. St. Louis they, was garbage. Their goaltending came back to bite them in the butt. St. Louis was garbage. Not only were they not good on the ice, they were so outclassed in speed. The last, the last game, game six, they were without Tarasenko. They were without, uh, not that they're huge players, but they had like five starters not in the lineup. Irrelevant. At that point, though, yes, I think it was irrelevant because I think that I think that once they got past game four, I think it was pretty much over. <laughs> Maybe even game three. Vancouver was so much faster. And one of the things that I noticed watching Vancouver and I see it a little bit. I see something similar in both Vegas and Colorado. Uh, is a lot of teams when they transition and will include will include the Chicago Blackhawks in this when they transition from defense to offense whether they're taking over the puck in the neutral zone or taking it over in their own zone multiple players come to a stop mm-hmm. Vancouver uh, the Abs the Knights there's no stopping. They, they transition in motion, and I think it messes with those stop-and-charge-type uh, transition teams. Some of it is pure athleticism. Some of it is just, uh, the, just the pure passing ability of the teams. Some of it is the mentality of the head coach. That would be the one surprise. That would be the one, and I don't know if I'd call it surprise then, but at least the one team that, yeah, I guess you wouldn't. Every other team I expected to be there. I really enjoyed, like I said, I really enjoyed Montreal. I really did enjoy Vancouver. This is not the 2011 Vancouver Canucks. No, I don't uh, think there, a, is there anybody even there? Was Edler like a rookie or something? Edler Maybe. was there, but I, I think he was three or four years into his career then. He's not Edler's not exactly young. No, I understand that, but that's what I mean. The turnover since and oh, yes, oh, okay, it's almost one hundred percent. Yes, it was not. I mean, even the head coach. How is Travis Green not getting any consider? And I realize they've already done nominations, but should Travis Green not? be at least considered for a coach of the year award at some point. <laughs> I mean, what he's given the way that they have played this year, he will be on that. If they, if they play reasonably well next year, 
he should be on that short list. He probably will be on that short list. Because I... We've talked about young members of this team, and not necessarily young members of this team, for years and years and years. Bo Horvat, we started talking about him in his draft year. Mm-hmm. Brock Besser, I mean, he was the talk of the NHL for a good solid year and a half when he broke in. Um, you've got Elias Patterson. Uh, the two of us have seen Adam Gaudet live and in Technicolor at, uh, at the Aganis Arena and the Boston Garden. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of fun parts to this team. You've got uh, the former, you've got the former members of that '70s line. Uh, you've got J.T. Miller. And um, who doesn't? Jay Beagle. Love, if you don't love J.T. Miller, I've said it before. If you don't love J.T. Miller, you, you don't love to, hockey. Yeah, you need to stop and <laughs> reevaluate. But Tyler Jay Beagle. Mott, uh, yeah, and Jay Beagle. As far as the older guys go, Jay Beagle's still good in the faceoff. Scored in Game Six. Yep. Scored the opening goal in Game Six. Uh, but you look at most of the ages of the kids on that team, and they're all still in the 20s. Tyler Mott, 25. Rattan in 24. As you said, Bo Horvat, Brock Besser. I mean, the players over 30 are in the minority on this team. Uh, on the forward end, yes. On Defense the is end. definitely definitely older. But then they have then they have the 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 experience where you really do want it, and that's on the defense. I would love to have an experienced defense. Is it a great defense? No. Troy no. Stetcher, though, at 26, is really starting to come into his own. And I, I suspect he's going to be there a few more years. He's an RFA with arbitration rights when the playoffs end. Mm-hmm. Just sign the kid. Yeah. That, uh, so you're going to have Stetcher, Hughes, uh, whether you keep Vantenberg or not, uh, but you got Tyler Myers at 30, already signed for another four years after this year. And let's uh, talk about Tyler Myers really, really briefly. We saw him. <laughs> he started his career in Buffalo. He's been elsewhere since. Well, is just it just Winnipeg. me? Is it just me, or is this the best Tyler Myers uh, that we've seen in a long, long time? It, it possibly in his career. Uh... Tyler Myers this year, he was really good. I'm not necessarily talking about offense because he's had better offensive years. He was really good last year for Winnipeg. Yeah. Last year in Winnipeg, he, I mean, played in 80 games, but it's Winnipeg. They still had, they had Truba last year. They They had Bufflin. They had had Bufflin. That defense was stout, strong, uh, so I think everybody – I think rising tide lifts all boats. I think in that case, I think a little bit of it definitely rubbed off on him. Uh, the year before that with Winnipeg, he played in all 82 games. I think that he's getting better. I think that Buffalo was – he was offensively, yeah, but defensively, I think Buffalo was just Buffalo. And they were what they were and what they are. Uh, he's gotten better over the last three years, and this year with Vancouver being one of the the elder statesmen, I think he, he's shown his medal. I, I, I would, think he's been really he. It's been I won't necessarily call it eye opening, but it's been it's been very enjoyable to watch 
the Tyler Myers we've seen in the playoffs this year. Uh, no, he doesn't have any points. I don't care. He's been a solid contributor. You, If you're watching the games, you've seen him making smart plays in all three zones. That's the only test. That's the only that's the only measuring stick I care about for a guy who's not going to be your number one defenseman, number two defenseman, but is expected to play more minutes than a third than like more than 10 or 12 minutes. He's what? Second pairing right now. Probably second. Second pairing. Yeah, because it's Hughes. Hughes and Edler are the top pair. Um, I don't know that they officially list. I mean, sometimes they'll list them as the top pairing, but it, it, it almost doesn't matter. We know where the offense is coming from. <laughs> On the back end? Yeah. Yes. I mean, well, apparently I, Troy Stetcher can score a goal or two. <laughs> Troy Stetcher is certainly fun to watch. Um, he has been in these playoffs, that's for sure. I don't necessarily know where he's been. I don't necessarily know why it took this long for people to notice who and what he is, but fun. This team has been fun to watch. And and by the way, they made the the, the lovely Pierre Maguire there in the glass. And and he's he's actually talked about Jim Benning and the brilliant general manager that he is in Vancouver. You got to give him some of the credit here and not all of it. I don't he hasn't been around all that long, but. Um, no, Benning has been there a good number of years at this point. It's north of five. Uh, Green has only been there a year or two, and that's been an eye opener. Um, he's getting more of. Oh, yeah. He took over in 2014. Okay. Six years, three months. You got to give him a lot of the credit for these guys, for what's there. He's drafted all of the young players that are on that roster. Um, all of them. Yeah. Uh, and he he needs to be on that short list for executive of the year next year. Yeah, he's brought he, he, all of these young guys are all under him. Patterson. 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 Besser, Thatcher Demko, Troy Stetcher, Jared McCann, Jake Rattanen, Tyler Mott. They're all, <laughs> yeah, Quinn Hughes. Mm, that's going to make you look good every day of the Bo week Horvath. and twice on yep. Sunday. This is, yeah, this is this guy is, uh, I think the Bruins missed out on something when they let him get away. Just a fun team to watch. So, yeah, okay, we can say they're the one, quote-unquote, surprise team. Carey Price Price looked Carey Price-like. Carey Price looked like a legit top three goaltender in the league. Wow, Carey Price just, yeah, wow. That was, I don't think we've seen a Carey Price like that for more than five years. His number in, uh, yeah, 10 playoff games. This 10 playoff games. Ready for this? Goals against 
1.78. Uh, save percentage, 9.36. Yeah. The last time they were in the playoffs was 16-17. He had six playoff games, and he had similar numbers. But that was three years ago. But here's the thing with Montreal. They haven't won a playoff series in more than five years. I haven't won a series. Whatever you want to call the play-in round this year, I can't look at those games and genuinely call them real playoffs. Okay, but did you watch game six? I watched game. I, I, I saw parts of game six. Game six, until the game was over, I actually was expecting that Montreal was going to win that game. They were the aggressor. They were taking it to Philly like you – I mean, Philly basically got two goals and tried to hang on. The third goal that they scored was a deflection. He, Yeah, it was a luck goal, uh, you know, that puck luck that you need. Mm-hmm. But they basically were in hang-on mode from early in the second period. Montreal was just – all over them. There were there were times where they were, they had minute and a half zone time easy in that game. Montreal was just all mm-hmm. over Philly, and Philly did everything they could to just hang on. I really thought that Montreal was going to force a game seven. I I really enjoyed that series possibly more than any first round series um, in the East. No, I'll say it. I enjoyed it more than any first-round series in the East, and I'm hard-pressed to think of a Western Conference matchup that I liked a lot, other than the other than the uh, Vancouver St. Louis. Louis series. But that was one-sided. I mean, the Philadelphia and Montreal was pretty even. Well, um, at least in gameplay. Game. I mean, can you can you can you attribute the five nothing game solely to the fact that they were playing for Claude because he had gone into the hospital like the day before, the night before? Mm, solely, not really, because in order to not score in the NHL, you have to not you have to not be getting into the right position, and they do have goal scorers. Yeah, it's not an every night thing, but well, they're making a huge deal out of the fact that none of Philly's top five regular season goal scorers had scored a goal until Kevin Hayes got that luck goal in game six. And that's worrisome them going forward. It really is. Um, Just like in Dallas, Tyler Sagan scored his first goal in the in the second round. We've been playing hockey again for almost a month. And Tyler Sagan, Tyler Sagan, who made his name in the league scoring goals and making them look pretty, um, it took him a month to get a goal. That should be terrifying to Dallas fans. Uh, But going back to the first, uh, going back to what we were talking about a minute ago, what are you? Give me a couple of predictions. Give me two predictions for the first round uh, in the East. Like how they're going to the end, round. or just things I'm expecting to see. Things you're expecting to see. 
A... I'm not sure who the matchups are in the West, with the exception of the fact that Dallas is playing. So Vancouver would be playing. Vancouver is unfortunately up against Vegas. Ah, oh, that's going to be an enjoyable series. And no matter who loses, it's going to be heartbreaking. Um, I think this is where you see Vancouver, unfortunately, bow get out. eliminated. I think, I, yeah, I think this is where they bow out stage left gracefully. I think it's going to go at least, I think it's going to go at least six games. I think that's going to be a tough series. Okay. Uh, Colorado, uh, I think Colorado is going to wake up. Uh, I don't know if they were tired or what, but no, because they got a hurt goaltender. Uh, I think Colorado may actually. Uh, I thought it yesterday, and now I'm questioning myself. I honestly thought Colorado might get eliminated this series, but their firepower is just ridiculous and I don't know that Dallas has the defense to hold them off I think that 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 is a series where we could see multiple multiple games of 80s scores you know six seven eight six whatever <laughs> uh, I think the I think I think the Islanders are going to eliminate Philly yeah I, I I think that that's more likely. I think the Islanders had a – I think the Islanders played the series that they expected to play. I don't know that Philly expected that much pushback from the Canadians. And without a bona fide rival to keep them focused – I wonder how much of an emotional letdown there is going to be uh, for those flyers. I mean, Carter Hart, he, he won a playoff series. Um, Elaine Vigneault is Elaine Vigneault. Um, their stars are not producing. They've got, you've got no goals out of your time. I just – I don't see it. And I think that the Islanders' defense is – Better than people expect. I'm not saying they're great. I'm not saying they're very good. I, I think that Ryan Pollock has a huge shot. Scott Mayfield is a solid defenseman. Devin Tays is is the physical guy. I, I think their defense is better than people expect. Oh, absolutely. And Varlamov is actually – the Varlamov we watched in Colorado I think was – at least partially a product of the fact that they had that offensive minded defense in front of him. And I think that Valamov got hung out to dry this defense in on the Island is not that style of defense. No, it's not. Uh, And there's also the coaching factor. Well, yeah, Barry's not going to allow that crap to happen. (laughs) Uh, Valamov nine playoff games. Yeah. The, you want shocking numbers? <clears throat> nine playoff games. Save percentage, 934. Goals against, 
I'm sorry. Semyon who? I mean, the last time he was in the playoffs was uh, six years ago with Colorado. Seven playoff games. He had a 913 save percentage and a 277 goals against. I think defense has something to do with it. Defense, team structure, yeah. I mean, um, so two predictions for me. I think Boston, as long as Halak and Pasternak are healthy, wins this series. Because I think that Tampa Bay, despite having won most of the regular season games this year, I think they're going to have an emotional hangover. They got used and abused by Columbus the last two playoff seasons. Columbus, Columbus was physical with them again. And put away wet. They finally beat them. Even though they chased Boston, even though they and Boston have had a couple of engaging playoff series. I don't know. I don't trust their head coach to keep them turned to 11. I don't. I don't necessarily think that he's going to make great adjustments. Is this team way more physical than any Tampa team we've seen in the last five, six years? Absolutely. They have. But Boston is one of a few teams that has the big bodies that can go up against Tampa Bay. And that's one of the articles that I read on 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 the athletic or, or wherever it was. They actually talk about how Nick Ritchie may actually play more of a role in this second round because he's a bigger body and can get See, physical. It's to me, it's not just <clears throat> the big bodies that can get physical. When you yeah. look at the small guys, Brad Marshan gets hit. What does he do? He probably takes a stupid penalty in the next two or three, uh, in the next two or three shifts. But what he doesn't do is back down. You, fl- you send uh, Tory Krug flying. He's going to get you. <laughs> yeah, just go ask Rob Thomas what that's all about. <laughs> um, David Krejci, I mean, he, David Krejci is far from the league's best skater, but I David haven't Krejci seen him. once again showing up in the playoffs, though. But I haven't seen him get laid out by a hit in years. Like, he does not get blindsided like he do, did in his first three, four years in the NHL. I mean mm-hmm. – you go you go back and look at the game film from what was it 2003 he broke or no 2004 he broke in through 2009 once a week once a week <laughs> he would get flat out blindsided and trucked and i haven't seen that in at least 5 years um some of it is changes to the league but he's paying more attention and right now, yeah, this is the David Krejci that led the league twice in scoring. Is he going to do that this year? Don't know. Is he in playoff scoring? Playoff scoring, yeah. Well, he's got nine points in eight game, eight playoff games so far. So, but this is this is not a team that's going to get run out of the building just because their best players or some of their best players aren't the biggest guys. Jake DeBrusque, not that big a guy, honestly. He takes a hit. He will deliver three of them back. 
Yeah, and by the way, wow, they didn't have an answer for him against uh, the against the Hurricanes. That was he was just flying all over the place. He he goes around the defender, gets tripped, still scores the goal. <laughs> And he got hooked at least three times on that one drive to the net in the last game. I mean, he got hooked, hooked again, yep. finally get pulled down when they fi- and the ref finally put his arm in the air. And he still manages to score the goal anyway. It's like, yeah, okay, dude. <laughs> I mean, Jake, if nothing else, at least the, the drive that he had, he, it's – I've seen him get knocked off the puck easily, so I can't say that he doesn't easily get knocked off. But the effort that he puts in, you're going to get 100% effort from him. If he can play, he's going to play. Yeah. Um, other Sec- prediction for me. Yeah. Whichever team loses the Boston and Tampa Bay series. Gonna see some pretty significant changes in the offseason. Uh, I, I will, I'll call it at least 15 million in salary moved, um, and probably a head coach and maybe a general manager. Uh, speaking of head coaches, <clears throat> Todd Reardon uh, is not one anymore. Washington got rid of Todd Reardon. Washington has when relieved this him happen? of his duties. Well, they they kind of made an appearance in the playoffs. They I, they I'm arrived not, in the bubble. Well, yeah, that that would be it. There you go. Is this new? Just announced? I didn't see this. This literally came across my Twitter feed since we've been uh, recording. Wow, Todd Reardon done. I mean, we did miss last week. Uh, we did miss the fact that Florida has a, has relieved themselves of a general manager, uh, Mr. Dale but Talon. But it was mutual. Well, according to the according to the Florida Panthers ownership, the parting was mutual. <laughs> I haven't heard Dale Talon say the parting was mutual. <laughs> So take that for, take that as you will. I, basically, his contract is up at the end of this year, you know, whenever the yep. his contract is over. At the, and they basically informed him that they were not going to be uh, handing him another contract. So is it firing him? Not really. But I, to me, I that, suspect to me, they the, didn't come to an agreement. Um, and I wonder which side decided to set a line in the sand they knew the other one wasn't going to meet. Because okay. I'm willing to bet that's exactly what happened. One side decided, yeah, I'm I'm not doing this anymore. And they said, you know, whether it was a salary or a number of years, they said it ridiculously off from what they knew the other side was going to meet. No, according to the news, he was they just we're not going to offer him a new contract, and this was a mutual this was a mutual agreement between what what recipient of a contract or a potential contract is going to turn around and say, you know what, no, 
unless he knows he really doesn't want to be there. And that is a possibility. I mean, we're talking about Florida Panthers here, but he is responsible for bringing in Dale Talon. He has brought in uh, other. He spent a lot of time in the Chicago uh, franchise. So bringing in Joel Quenville was not a surprise when Dale brought him in last year, year before. Uh, and here's the other thing. Dale Talon isn't young anymore. Uh, he'll be 70 uh, this fall. I was saying he just took this opportunity to s- quietly step away. He might just have retired. Okay, fair enough. Uh, the only other thing with Bo- – uh, not really a, a prediction or a surprise, but something I read uh, in Boston, since we just finished talking about Boston real quick, is the potential, since Yaro Halak is really the only playoff experience goaltender they have, uh, a lot of the talk is with the backup and the fact that Yaro is 35 years old and they have – Two games back-to-back Tuesday, Wednesday. The potential for Dan Valadar to actually play in a second-round playoff game is relatively high, apparently. Relatively high in these terms means above 10%. Uh, I mean, dude. If it were me. Does Cassidy want to play Halak back-to-back at 35 years old? Given the amount of time off and that they had, you know, three, four days between series, I would be okay with him playing back to back. I really would. That said, if I'm going to put Dan Vladar out there, he's going in the first game of the back to back, not the second game. He's going in in the first game. And I, and that would be my thought as well. I mean, the potential for it being the potential for the team being down two games to none and then sticking a an unproven goaltender in in game three. Yeah, no, I'd rather even if they lose today, I'd rather have Ladar going in down one game to none than going into a net down say two games to none. Yeah, absolutely. We're n- yeah. In fact, if they're if they are down, if they even if they were planning to play him on the back end of that back to back and they were already down two games to none, I don't unless Halak was terrible or Halak got injured. I don't know that they'd play him. Not for anything. Halak has better save percentage and goals against than Tuka in these playoffs. Granted, it's only a difference Impossible. of one. It's only a difference of one game. I, if I'm not mistaken, impossible. Halak is three and one. <clears throat> it's uh, impossible. Tuka Rask is the best goaltender to ever tend goal. In fact, they're going to rename the position after him. Just ask. It's not going to be called goaltender anymore. No, it's going to be called the Tuka Rask uh, uh, position. The Tuka Rask position. Yes. I wonder how other goaltenders are going to two K's. This year, Halak, I mean, Rask played in four playoff games. He went one and three, 904 save percentage, 257 goals against. Halak in four games ha- 
has a 912 save percentage. Uh, let me get this straight. He's 3 and 1, so we flip the numbers. He's got a 912 save percentage and a 2.29 goals against in the same number of games played. Behind hmm. the same team. Behind the same players, yes. <laughs> okay. I mean, a 912 save percentage isn't spectacular. No, I'm not trying to say that he's the second coming of Ken Dryden or, or, you know, Jacques Plante or something, but it's the same, for the most part, the same players in front of him. Yes, they swap out a player here, swap out a player, swap in a player there, but it's the same squad in front of both goaltenders. Yet, in front, yet the quote-unquote number one only won one game. Higher goals against, lower save percentage. The quote-unquote backup has won three games and has a higher save percentage and a lower goals against. And a series. And a series. But I'm wrong when I start saying that Halak is the better goaltender. Absolutely. Oh, okay. I just, I just told it. you. I had to make. I had to confirm it, though. I just had to make sure. I just told you that Tuukka Rask <laughs> is the best goaltender to ever tend goal, and those, you know, nobodies like Patrick Roy and uh, Brodeur and Dryden and nobodies, absolute nobodies. You shouldn't remember their names. Sawchuck, Piffle. Got it. Okay. That guy cool. in Vegas that we spent way too much time talking about just because he's won three cups. Oh, oh, hey, and unfortunately for your buddy Tuca there, he has – there is no way for this to end positively for him. <laughs> if he – if the Bruins end up bowing out, it's Tuca's fault. Because he abandoned the team. If Halak ends up, if they end up winning a Stanley Cup with Halak in net, then why do we need to pay this guy seven million dollars a year? Why did we spend all this time? The only two times we didn't win a cup, he was in net. Yeah. This doesn't end well for Tuka, no matter what happens. I wasn't going to be the one to say it, but yeah, I mean, especially if they win. Um, especially where Halak has in the same number of games produced better results. Yeah, this, this does not look good for Rask, whatever the reason he's, he's not there. Okay. Uh, we had, uh, we had the Milbury kerfluffle (laughs) on this makes me laugh. I'm sorry. Uh, legitimately, I, I, if it's, it's serious, it is. If Anson Carter had said uh, had said words to the same effect, if Patrick Sharp had said words to the same effect, no one would even have blinked. Because when you look at what he said, look at the words on paper, forget who's actually saying them. What he's really saying is, if the guys' girlfriends and wives were at were in the bubble. The guys would pay attention to them, and it might distract from their focus. That's it. That's th- that is the meaning of what he said. And people are acting like he. Uh, I don't. 
people are acting like he said that, you know, women should be uh, in the kitchen barefoot pregnant and showing up with a sandwich and a beer as soon as they're as soon as their man walks in the house. Uh, it just no, I, I don't get it. The thing is, you look at it at, 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 at this. You look at the story and it brings up a couple of other times where he's made faux pas. And one of the times he made a comment about exhibition, the exhibition games. And in fact, I believe it was these play in exhibition games. Where it, it, and he made a comment that it was like playing. It was like having a college women's hockey game. I, I haven't been to a college women's hockey game. I have. We have been to the USA women's hockey game. Completely different. Uh, environment right. because we're talking about we're talking about the United States women's hockey team. It's not. I mean, the buildings aren't sold out, with the exception of the Bean Pot. We've been to college hockey games; they're not sold out. It's primarily the two schools have a lot of their student body show up, but it's not a sold out building by any stretch of the imagination. No, and you know what. Part of that is it just takes time to grow. Yeah. Women's hockey, as a as a sport, as an event, as an occupation, is not at the same state of maturity as men's hockey. And he wasn't making a, he wasn't making any comment on the level of talent on the no. ice. He was making a comment regarding the fact that there aren't a lot of people in the stands at a college women's hockey game. There's not a lot of people in the stands at a men's college <laughs> game most of the time, unless it's one of the nearby rivals. Uh, I mean, I've been to we've been to games in the area where there were more empty seats than ones with butts in them. I've been we've been to Providence, Providence Bruins, AHL, minor league, and you go in there and there's empty seats everywhere. Hey, we went out to the uh, to uh, to Worcester. And uh, saw the ECHL game. Not a lot to do in Worcester. And <laughs> not a lot of butts in the seats either. <laughs> no, there were what one in five seats filled, maybe maybe, maybe close less. to one in eight. Yeah. Uh, and that's just in the lower level and because they didn't have the upper section open no, they at didn't all. See, nobody sat in the balcony. It was all lower bowl. And the, the fans that were there were bloodthirsty, don't get me wrong, but <laughs> But they were genuinely passionate. Yes. But it, it certainly not sold out. I he wasn't making <sighs> Look, Mike Milbury certainly is not the perfect example of what a man is supposed to be in two thousand and twenty. No just one's going to if... claim otherwise, including him. I'm just wondering if NBC doesn't already know that. You don't have him. Milbury tends to say it like it is. But yes, he doesn't come across. He doesn't come across as biased. If somebody on the Bruins sucks, he will say that. He doesn't show any bias toward the Bruins. He doesn't doesn't show any bias. Thank you. And in that vein, he also speaks his mind and. I can't honestly believe that NBC doesn't not only know that or are aware of it, but 
specifically have him sitting there because that's the way he is. They embrace it. And then to turn around when he does finally say something that's questionable. And and to look, slap him on the hands for it and send, he, he's like, yeah. And the comment, the, I guess the comment was he or the, the statement was that he left the bubble or he left. He's not doing he pulled himself away. NBC didn't whether they told him he had to say it or whatever. But the way it's worded is that he pulled himself away from it because of his remarks. And he apologized for them. He said he was trying to be irreverent. He and generally doesn't have to try. Well, yeah, um, there's that. <laughs> I mean, it's just who he is. I mean, almost all of these people who are offended, whether real, real offended or pretend offended, have not lived in the Northeast. Because you walk through Philly or New York or Boston or any of the surrounding cities and you speak your mind like that, you're not even going to be noticed. <laughs> you're really not going to be noticed. It's the way things are done here. And some of the other comments he's made in the past, I, I do have to say one of my favorites was the, the Thelma and Louise comment when he was talking about the Sedin twins. I, I, yep. I, but it's, it's a comment. I'm sorry. I got to sigh and stop. And like, this is one, this is, Okay, this is how we know that the NHL doesn't know how to market itself. Like, legitimately know that the NHL doesn't know how to market itself. This is somehow the biggest controversy of the playoffs so far. They've done a great job uh, keeping the building, uh, keeping the bubbles free of coronavirus. But somehow you said it. We haven't said that in months. In fact, I don't think we've ever said it. My apologies. I, I knew we were going to try and keep it, but they've kept it virus free. They've had, yeah. The, how many twenty five thousand tests they've done over the course of the the time? And that, in, that number was weeks ago. And still zero positives. Nobody has tested positive. Yes, but in the whole time that they've been there, that's we, pretty good job. The two of us were talking about Elaine Vigneault's comments on Matt Niskanen's trying to push. Uh, Brendan Gallagher's jaw out the back of his head. Um, if you haven't read them, uh, go look yeah, them up. There, there's some comments about Gallagher's lack of... Um, yeah, he blamed it on Gallagher being short. Small, actually, is the word he used. He didn't say short, he said small. It, it, which, it can be taken, which can be taken another way if you want to read into it like everybody's reading into Milbury's comments. You could read that. You could read the small comment as something other than just his stature, physical stature. But, yeah, yeah you're right. It, it, again, somehow, I don't think Danielle meant. Somehow Milbury's saying uh, most guys are going to uh, – any of the guys there are going to pay attention to their girlfriends and wives is worse – than blaming a player for getting injured when the person who injured them committed a suspendable offense. And by the way, I still don't think one game was enough. But that, that should have been at least three. Even in the playoffs, that should be three. And they didn't uh, need three, but yeah. And George Peros, yeah. Utter fail. Go back to hockey school. By the way, and and. I guess we can 
you know, finish this up whenever we need. If Milbury is so wrong in saying that, and and it was the way he phrased it that it is, but if he's wrong about the fact that having the wives and the girlfriends and the families be a distraction, why is it that Tuca left the build, left the bubble again? Um, maybe they didn't have his fav- his favorite candy in the buildings. Okay, so it had nothing to do with the fact that, you know, he was worried about his family and he felt that family came first. But family wouldn't be a distraction. A wife or a girlfriend wouldn't be a distraction. No, of course not. Got it. Okay. I'm seeing double standards uh, all around. It could just be me. I have no idea what you're talking about. I mean, it's ridiculous to think that anyone would pay attention to family members who are nearby and uh, hoping to hoping to interact with them. Ridiculous. So the content of the comment isn't the issue. It's just the fact that Milbury said it. Milbury said it. As I said, if Patrick Sharp or Anson Carter or Brian Boucher, uh, Boucher or Catherine Tappan said it. No one's talking about it an hour later, much if, less a couple of days later. What if, um, what's his name? Uh, Jeremy Roenick said it. If Jeremy Roenick said it, people would probably <laughs> see as much as of a, of a goofball as Jeremy Roenick is. I don't think that most people have as much ridiculous hate uh, for him overall as they do for Milbury. I think people would have been annoyed by it. He probably would have apologized on air and, you know, in the next segment. Uh, but beyond that, I, I think it would have been dropped in a, in a day. Yeah, I'd be inclined to agree. And so they replace Mike Milbury with Eddie Olchick. Okay, fair enough. Comment on. <laughs> Unless you would really like to tell us how you feel about Eddie Olchuk. Eddie Olchuk, when he's discussing things that don't have anything to do with the Pittsburgh Penguins or Chicago, um, or Chicago uh, Blackhawks, is somewhere in the top thirty or forty commentators uh, that the NHL or and or NBC employ. And that, folks, is what you call an 87-mile-an-hour fastball right down the middle. <laughs> so that Mike could knock it out of the park. Yeah, I just I, – I watch games and his comments are just – the bias oozes through. I hate to say it, but, I mean, he's a guy Who's? on TV. Who's? Who's? It, it flows from every pore of his being and uh, – nearly every sentence that falls out of his mouth when he's doing games. That was a softball lobbed over the middle. (laughs) (sighs) And on that note, boys and girls. (laughs) Okay, what else is on the board for today? We're running a little bit longer than... I don't see anything we... I know that uh, yeah, I don't see anything. What is it? Oh, the capital status. That was Todd Reardon. Uh, yep. 
I'm not seeing anything. We discussed Valada. We got about Milbury. Do we really want to talk about Sean Avery saying he's ready to step in? No, we don't want to talk about it. Just know I think that Sean Avery would make <laughs> most people long for Mike, Mike Milbury, Milbury after about two weeks. <laughs> I, may, okay, it might take a full month of Sean Avery being Sean Avery before they got around to saying, can we get Mike Milbury back in here? Um, and please note that I am a guy who defended Sean Avery a lot during his play uh, because I, I do find him occasionally funny. And I think that his way of distracting um, goaltenders was hilarious and not wrong. And the fact that they changed the rule because of it is utterly ridiculous. He was not hurting anyone. It's a legitimate hockey play. Just deal with it. That said, fair enough. Still don't want to. You're trying to be family friendly and you think that Sean Avery is going to be an improvement over Mike Milbury. Um, wow. (laughs) Just wow. It doesn't the in, in fairness, and this is in the New York post. The article does not say that the NHL is considering this. It just says that Sean Avery has let the NHL know that he is prepared to put on his peacock hat and step in. I'm sure that he is because he's also willing to not be paid for it. Right. Or so he says. Right. (laughs) So here's the thing. Sean Avery is clearly seeking attention because people stopped talking about him for more than six months. He doesn't do that. Um, and I, I, I can't remember, didn't he, when he left the NHL, didn't he start like a fashion line? Have, have you bought any of Sean Avery's clothing? No. Uh, have you seen any of Sean Avery's clothing in store? I don't remember him doing this, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> I forget. It clearly what... didn't stick in my head because... <laughs> But no, I've never seen Sean Avery. I don't know what his line of clothing is called. I don't know if it's still made, but no. Yes, and, never. and remember that Sean Avery is the guy who... Uh, He's also the guy that made Batman, Who Batman was afraid he was going to have to explain a certain uh, comment uh, to his daughter uh, regarding someone that he and a certain uh, defenseman had both dated. Mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, that that was quite the pleasant. Con- I can see how th- I can see t- I can see how making comments like that would get him a job in the booth next to John Forsland and with Brian Boucher. Absolutely, yeah. And he says that he wouldn't even need a five second uh, delay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I I mean I don't think I have I think. For every show that we've done, I have managed to not swear while we were recording, which is an amazing accomplishment, given how much I swear in real life. I think you've done a fabulous job. I wouldn't put myself on the air without a delay. Oh, well, according to this article, I wouldn't even need a five-second delay. Ridiculous. Is The, the quote is, <clears throat> Mike Milbury... Ha ha ha, I told you two weeks ago, I've had Mike Milbury trending for two weeks and now trending for the wrong reasons. That's your employee. You're the Peacock Network. That's a major network. 
I'll put on a peacock hat. I'll do it for free. I will blow the ratings through the effing roof. I'll bring him with me. My swear jar. Nash, the whole deal. Let's get it done. What do you want? You don't even have to put me on a five-second delay, okay? (laughs) Then he proceeds to send in his own uh, highlight uh, highlight reel or a series of clips from Flyers-Canadians playoff game with his own analysis to sort of audition for the, the, the spot that wasn't offered to him. And even then, apparently, he may need the five-second delay because he did drop a couple of F-bombs in those highlights. <laughs> very good, Sean. Very good. Good job, Sean. We're Keep very talking. proud of you. Oh, yeah. I mean, he has done bonehead things, but is he also entertaining? Yes, he's funny. He's entertaining. In the booth, though, I don't want to see it. <laughs> no. I, I just – no. Uh, if, if, if Milbury has left the bubble and you really want someone else in there, I, I could name you 25 or 30 people without trying, without trying at all, including Peter Chiarelli, who's terrible in front of a camera, um, who would be a better pick than Sean Avery. It doesn't mention whether Milbury has actually left the bubble not no wait a minute they weren't ever in the bubble they're all in booths they're they're all in they're all off-site aren't they except um, for boucher I think some people were i i i think the nhl.com people were in the bubble i think that the nbc people were or other broadcast people were remote uh and dialing in because there was no press in the uh in the um Press conferences, which were all held via video conference, um, because they were talking during intermissions and whatnot. Uh, AJ Malesko and and Eddie Olchik, in particular, those two were known for running from their play-by-play boots and you know their commentator boots and running down to the set for the intermission. Yes. So. They're not in. So Milbury wasn't even in the bubble to begin with. So he's just not going to be doing, as he says, he's not going to be doing NHL games for the remainder of the playoffs, according to him. But it's not a bubble situation where left it can't go back type of thing. You know what? If if he got reprimanded over that comment, I, I don't blame him. And again, he's not particularly young anymore. He's 68, 70. He's, I really yeah, doubt he needs the money. Old. What? 68 years old. Doubt he needs the money. I mean, this is a guy who's beaten fans in stands with shoes, and and he's not exactly colorless in his, you know, he, he's been a GM. So he's dealt with hockey players, uh, whether as teammates or as their boss for the bulk of his career. <laughs> it, there's probably the filter has probably been washed away for the most part burned with acid, but yeah. <laughs> and Brian Boucher didn't call him out on it when he made the comment. Cause he was just following up on something that Boucher had said. Nobody went, Oh, Mike, you can't, you know, even jokingly, Mike, you can't say that on the air. You know, <laughs> nobody called him out on it. He finished the game and then they decided 
You can't say that. Okay. I don't know. It, it, I think this is before we get real heated up. This is probably a good place to stop. <laughs> yeah. Um, ladies and gentlemen, as always, thank you for listening. Uh, we'll have the show. We'll have. We'll start working on next week's show uh, before this one is posted. Um, thanks for listening. Share with your friends, your family, random people you run into on the street uh, from six feet away with your mask on. Uh, have a great day and uh, send us a tweet uh, with your favorite part of the show. Chris? I just wanted to say enjoy round two. It started yesterday. It started yesterday and games continue tonight. Uh, I will be watching. I will attempt to tweet uh, tonight. Take care. <laughs>